Welcome to another episode of the Can of Coin Podcast with Q Nicole. And today we are having a conversation about why moms need their cannabis. So we are going to dive deep. We know this is a touchy topic. You know, we start talking about moms and cannabis. Everybody want to call Child Protective Services. <laughs> so we're going to tell y'all why y'all all need to relax, right? But before we jump into that, I want to start us off with the hot topic the way that I always do. And this hot topic is actually inspired by our show because... I was at an event in Charleston, South Carolina, and we were at a pop-up event where we were providing samples of our product, and we typically sample our gummies, our gummies, WH Farms, guys. For, for those of you who haven't been following the show, I'm the CEO and founder of WH Farms Co., and we are a vertically integrated botanical manufacturing company. We actually grow industrial hemp on our USDA licensed farm, and we manufacture phenomenal products, including a THC-free gummy, because we believe that people should really experience the therapeutic benefits of the plant. So we sampled this gummy often because it is without THC. And we had someone come to the booth. It was a mom. She had a cute little six-year-old boy. She was with her husband. She was like, can I have one of those gummies really quickly? I was like, yeah, you can take it. You know, no big deal. And she was like, this is what I give my son to relax him. I said, really? She was like, yeah. She was like, come here, come here. She was like, what is this? And he, he said, oh, this is my, these are my behavioral gummies. <laughs> I was like, stop playing. And she said that she would give him a half a gummy before school so that he would be able to focus and kind of maintain stillness or more uh, calm in class. And another half a gummy when he would come home from school in preparation for any sort of after school homework or whatever was necessary. I mean, at age of six, I hope they're not giving him that much homework. But what I will say is I appreciate how mothers are opening up their minds to other opportunities to offer plant-based solutions to their children for what schools prescribe as behavioral challenges that they typically want to be accompanied by prescriptions. And I think that that's been the biggest motivation of our company is to see this plant-based alternative to prescriptions, plants over pills. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. I am here with the holistic lawyer mommy, Miss LaRae Funderburg. How are you? I am wonderful. Look, blessed and highly favored. Yes, blessed and highly favored. She just came back off of a revolutionary retreat that yes. was just so amazing. Definitely. I mean, I can't even imagine. The images were like, <gasps> so I can only imagine being there was like a big lift. So you're, you're a mommy that's into self-care. Oh, absolutely. So introduce yourself and tell everyone about you. Yes. Yeah, so Lorraine Funderburg, I am a business and entertainment attorney and also a holistic wellness practitioner. I just got board certified as a national uh, yes. health and wellness coach. So that was very exciting for Congratulations. me. Yeah, thanks. Yes, I'm licensed to practice law in California and here in Georgia, yeah. working on D.C. right now. Um and yeah, the holistic journey was a part of like my own personal journey, um, part of um, after becoming a mother, mm-hmm. for one, and running my own law firm and a couple of other businesses. It was one of those things where I was always spreading myself thin, like everything kind of looked good from the outside, right? It was like, oh, my kids are great. You know, I make good money. You know, everything looks good. But there was like something that I was feeling that there was still like some void, like mm-hmm. it was just something was off, you know? And um, so I started just kind of seeking, like, well, what is this thing, you know, that I'm missing? And so self-care became a huge part of, like, 
what I felt like I needed to do because yeah. I was always doing so much for so many other people and serving other people all of the time. And it's like, it's so easy, especially as a mother and an attorney, yeah. right? Is everybody else's needs are first. You're yeah. always doing things for other people and you don't really prioritize yourself. And thinking for other people. Thinking for other people, yeah. that part. Um, and so I decided to make a commitment to really, uh, like pour into myself in the same way that I pour into my children and into my clients and make myself a priority. I built myself a folder, a file. I'm like, you know what? You are going to be your highest, you know, priority client. That. So, so you actually created a file. Mm -hmm. So like the way that you create project files for your law clients. Yes. You made yourself the highest priority client that you had. Absolutely. Hey. It was like the only way yeah. I could like conceptualize and really like fit myself into it. You know what I mean? It was like, you know what? You do all of this for your clients. Like, Go ahead and write your on name board on yourself. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> yes. I'm going to onboard myself. I'm yes. going to do that. Like tonight, I'm yes. onboarding myself because, you know, one of the things that I think when we think about being a multi-hyphenate, which I can appreciate that you are as an attorney, you have other holistic practitioner, you are licensed health and wellness coach. Mm -hmm. So you have all of these various, you know, spaces mm -hmm. where you occupy and take up space and roles. But then sometimes we can forget that the main role is the role that we play for ourselves, like yes. our, you know, relationship with self. So tell me how you de like delved into cannabis as a form of self-care. So interestingly enough, I was somebody who engaged in cannabis like before I really understood the like self-care aspect of yeah. it, right? You know, I probably started in high school or college and was just like, that's what, you know, the cool kids do yeah. or whatever. But um, it wasn't until a few years ago that I started to become a lot more intentional about it because I understood what the effects of it had on me. And it was like, oh, this is what I need to do when I'm in a certain headspace or when like I am feeling a little bit more stressed out or like when my life is a little more uh, chaotic. And so it didn't become it wasn't a thing where like now I would do it because I'm like out with some friends and, you know, this It's like, no, this is something that I do for myself as yeah. a like part of my one of my self-care uh, regimens, you yeah. know. So it's like, OK, no, we're going to create some time. We're going to create some space. We're going to go into it, you yeah. know, set an intention yeah. and really sit down and think about what it is that I want to get out of the experience and then engage. That. Yes, I love that. So. When you started to engage, I mean, obviously, because you had a relationship with cannabis before using it as a tool for self-care, how did you feel as a mom when you started to leverage or use the plant as a tool for self-care as a mom? Did you have any guilt or did you have like a like any sort of like social stigma or pressures that you had to think about? Um, not really. Only because I think I've always kind of been like a rebel, yeah. like very much like, I don't really care what anybody else thinks about what it is that I have going I on. That. And people would say stuff, you know, kind of like in a joking way, but you know, always, you know, it comes right. right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh, ha ha, you know, whatever. But, um, um, it never really bothered me. Honestly, I was always very out and open yeah. about what it was like what my practice is even as an attorney you know people used to be like I can't believe you're posted about you know weed or marijuana and I'm like this is a part of my lifestyle yeah. you know so I'm very much like you know what you see is what you get and so I love there was that. never any shame or guilt for me I love that because I think that so often moms are criticized for saying that they have 
self-care needs. Mm -hmm. I think that society almost requires that moms continue to go, 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 be, 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 do, do, do. And what I particularly like is that I found that a number of mothers who consume find that they're more present, find that they're able to manage. So tell me about that experience as a, as a consumer, are you feeling that it helps you with parenting? Oh, absolutely. So I'll say it's funny. So when I was pregnant with my son, I remember, um, so he's 10 now, but I remember doing a lot of research because I was like, one thing I was always very serious about was like being a mom. That was like my goal in life, right? Not an attorney, not, you know, like anything else. It was like, I'm going to be a mother, you know? And so when I finally got the opportunity, it was like, you know, I'm studying all the books, doing all the things, and I need to know everything about everything. And so that was something that came up for me. Like, am I going to be doing a disservice to my children by still engaging in this. And so I was doing a lot of research, like looking, reading up things. And of course, all the stuff was negative, you know, and it's like very much too like, oh, you know, they're taking your blood all the time when you go to the hospital. So you better not, you know, let it come back. And I'm like, okay, because I was very much like, I'm still going to do this while I'm pregnant and, you know, see. But the funny thing was, is um, whenever I would, I would get these horrible headaches when Mm. I was pregnant with him. So I actually ended up stopping Mm. because I realized it was like, I'm like, maybe it's just a fluke, you know, but Mm. it was like every time like clockwork. And I'm like, man, I just have these debilitating headaches after I do it. And so I didn't with him Mm -hmm. when I was pregnant with him. But of course, once he came, you know, it was like, okay, we're back at it. Look, the headaches are gone. Back on the scene. Absolutely. And so um, I stayed home with him for the first uh, almost three years of his life. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was very much like what I would do before we would like engage in any playful activities before Mm -hmm. I went to um, like teach him anything. And it definitely helped me to be more present. Like I noticed the difference between when I didn't do it versus when I did. Like Mm -hmm. I was a lot more engaged. I was a lot more present. We could go at it for, you know, longer Mm -hmm. periods of times. And I really enjoyed the experience a lot more and got a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was actually, you know, engaging in the plan. I 100 percent now, obviously, I come from the Bible Belt. My mother smoked nothing, but I 100 (laughs) percent wished. Well, she smoked Virginia Slims for a while, but then she stopped. But I do wish that she had tried cannabis because I agree. I remember just having, you know, feeling her stress Mm. as a child. Like Mm -hmm. I remember feeling her stress and. I love my my mom is my bestie. And so I understand and I empathize with how strong moms have to be, especially, you know, facing whatever they may be facing for their children. And I just love how you've identified that this is a space Mm -hmm. where you are able to go to reset so that you can bring your best and bring more presence to their lives. And I oftentimes compare it to, you know, a woman choosing alcohol versus cannabis. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about alcoholism and how that really destroys families, when you look at cannabis as a consumption option, especially because it is an herb, it is a plant. I think that it does a great, it has a great benefits, you know, from a psychological perspective from that. I love that. So tell me about like, because people watching this, right? Mm -hmm. I know we have some closeted consumers. I know some (laughs) of you guys are out there. You're watching this and you're like, nobody knows. But when everybody leaves, I open up the window (laughs) and I take a couple of pulls and I pull it back real fast. I already know. How did you manage this conversation with your co-parent? 
Um, so he was very aware of the fact that, you know, I engage all mm -hmm. the time. He definitely hated it, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, it was like a part of who I was. So it was like, this is what you get, you yeah. know, love me or hate me. But like, this is what it is. Um, we did have a few conversations about like what that looks like around the children. Mm -hmm. And I was also very, I was very adamant about not hiding it because I felt like if you hit it, then that would make them think that it was something that was bad or right. negative. Right. right. And so it's like, I don't want them growing up thinking like, oh, mommy's doing something she shouldn't right. be doing. You know what I mean? And so, um, like just really normalize it. And honestly, I remember um, when I was younger, I had an uncle who um, had a daughter and he was very like into cannabis and all the things. And I remember thinking that like, oh, he just does this around around the kids. I mean, and he would have lots and lots of it like around <laughs> everywhere. But I noticed how she was just totally unfazed by it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, so these aren't going to be the kids that are going to go to school like, oh, you know, mommy's going into right. the room. And, you know, when she comes out, it smells funny, you know, because they're like, oh, this is just a very regular, yeah. normal occurrence. And so he finally understood that. And so we were able to come to some common ground. That's good. I wasn't stopping. <laughs> I've, you know, I came into my marriage and we are definitely, as we become parents, we'll go into that same conversation because, you know, to know me is to love me and to mm -hmm. take all of me. Absolutely. And all of me comes with lots of cannabis. <laughs> like I told, we joked on an episode and I was like, how did you feel when you realized that you had like married Bob Marley's sister? Because <laughs> it's like wake and bake, like I got to have it throughout the day because as you know our brains it's just they move it moves very fast and I just need a space mm -hmm. right of my own so I absolutely love that you found that self-care journey tell me about like what would you recommend to parents to moms especially you know as they are maybe closeted or mm -hmm. those who are kind of curious and want to maybe be less abrasive with their children. Mm -hmm. You know, we are finding in today's society, which I can appreciate this, a lot of my girlfriends who are moms, especially moms of smaller children, they are finding themselves dealing with the anxiety of the school calling and saying, hey, we're noticing these things about your child. And we want, you know, and all of these things, like it's a lot, I feel that these conversations are happening a lot more today mm -hmm. than they did 20 years ago. So much is being diagnosed, you know, recognized and, there's so many pressures to motherhood. Mm -hmm. So what would you, like, what advice would you give? <sighs> That's a good question. So I would say, honestly, I feel like we as parents, like, we know our children better than anybody. Yeah. And so while, you know, when you're dealing with people at the school or, you know, recreational activities or any of those things, like, they are very well-meaning at the, at, you know, but they don't know your children the way that you know your children. Yeah. And so, and a lot of times they're measuring them based on, you know, like other standards that don't necessarily apply to, you know, your kids specifically, like yeah. your child is an individual. And so just really stay very firm and grounded in that fact that you know what's best for your child. Yeah. And even though these other people may have other things to say, you know, they are not <laughs> your child's they're, they're, mother. They're not the parent. They're not the parent. And yeah. so definitely just stay firm in your convictions about what it is that you feel is best at mm -hmm. the end of the day. And then to the parent, to the mom, that's like, you know, I'm overwhelmed by motherhood. Some days I, I hate it. You know, mm -hmm. I respect the responsibility, but some days I don't enjoy it. And I wish I had a way to have an outlet. What would you share with them as it relates to your awareness of how cannabis has helped you from a self-care perspective? 
I would definitely advise for them to, you know, make time and space, even outside of the cannabis, like make time and space Mm -hmm. for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like for me, when I first started on my like self-care journey, I I started to, I understood my life to be like, as soon as like the world wakes up, my life almost doesn't even belong to me at that point. You know, I'm mothering, I'm lawyering, I'm like doing all of the things. And so I really, I started waking up at like four o'clock in the morning. And getting my day started then. So it was like at least between the hours of four to six, everybody else, no one's bothering me. (laughs) The world is asleep, you know, and I'm like, this is actually my time Mm -hmm. to like think, read, meditate, Mm -hmm. journal, whatever it is, and really just get prepared for the day. Because, you know, when 630 rolls around, those kids wake up, you know, okay. uh, It's nonstop until you put them to bed. Exactly. Exactly. So to really just create time and space for yourself, for one, and figure out, um, I think nowadays, and that was what I was going to mention before, the transition, the difference between when I had my son versus when I had my daughter I remember doing the same research all over again because I was like, oh, no, I'm just... and I didn't get the headaches with her, though. So I was able to, I was like, for some reason, the boy didn't like it, you know, but she was with it. Um, and so I was able to do it during my pregnancy with her, but I was doing the research again and it was like a total shift. But it was because also like medical cannabis had become a thing. So now it's like all the articles and stuff I'm reading are like, oh, the benefits and we've done these studies and now it's great and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it was like just a total. 180 and I'm like this is actually very insane to me it is right because I'm like it's the same plant that has been around since you know the beginning of time but it's because of that uh that connotation that was associated with it before you know say 10 years ago versus now like oh we make it a legitimate business and people are you know so it's like now we have to put good stuff on the web about it and so um It's one of those things where it's like you really just have to make the decision for yourself because like the world is going to do what it's going to do. But that has absolutely nothing to do with what actually the plant is actually capable of doing. Right. And it's like because all those benefits were always Always there, there. always there, (laughs) always there. And that's, I think, the reason why, you know, so many of us, including you, are so passionate about destigmatizing Mm -hmm. the work that you do across the entertainment platforms, your work as a lawyer. You know, I love how you represent and you stand for the destigmatization and the normalization of this plant and mm-hmm. this consumption and really seeing all of the, the benefits, whether recreational or therapeutic, you mm-hmm. know, that exist. One of the things that I was always uh, intrigued by is breastfeeding mm-hmm. and the fact that our breast milk has cannabinoids anyway. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, that's what makes breast milk like amazing is the fact that it has those cannabinoids. Did you find that or did you find during your research that consuming helped to produce or magnify anything in sort of like, but did you find that at all? No, I didn't. I was not a big, um, I remember like, cause breastfeeding was like, I'm like, you Oh, I can't wait. I'm like, Oh, I'm be, and I thought I was going to be one of those women who got the boobs. I didn't get the boobs and I wasn't leaking the milk yeah. and I wasn't like stocking up on milk and yeah. freezing it or anything. It was like, I literally breastfed both of my children. There was no pumping. There was no, yeah. cause I like, I, 
felt like I only made enough to do, you know, just that. Exactly. And so I didn't have that experience at all. I'm like, maybe my titties are too little. No, no, no. (laughs) All titty sizes matter. (laughs) So the beautiful thing, though, uh, there's a nurse out of Philly that we interviewed on one of our um, virtual conferences, the Elevated Educator Conference. Check it out. And she talked about how when she was breastfeeding or prior, while she was carrying the doctor, she put it on all of her medical records. And she wanted to demonstrate that she could actually, it would make enrich her breast milk. Mm. And because of the consumption she consumed, not only through smoking, but also tincture. And she said that it just, she was like, you know, if I'm going to provide them with cannabinoids naturally, then why don't I amp them up by adding more to it? (laughs) It's like, that's the spirit. Mm -hmm. So I love that. So any regulations, any concerns as you've dealt with like schools, like what conversations would you have with parents who do consume and with them having school age kids or even in your experiences going through the doctor's visits as a mom, how I've heard in certain states that they could be so anal toward it that they could really bring in like criminal. Yeah. So tell me, you're an attorney, so we can have those types of conversations. So yes. let's talk about that. <laughs> So interestingly enough, so when I had, I had the same uh, OBGYN for both of my children and we had a close relationship. She was kind of young about my age and uh, like kind of new in her medical career when um, I was pregnant. And so I used to have very candid conversations with her about all of that stuff. And she was very receptive, you know, and honestly, she had told me that um, a lot of times when they're doing the testing, like they're not looking for that. Like, so she was like, that's one of the things like you don't really have to worry about it because it's like uh, even if they suspected you to be like doing something you should on drugs, they're not testing for marijuana. Exactly. And then she also said that there's like a certain level of it to the extent that they would be testing for it. It's like they're looking for a certain like if it's under a certain amount, it's not even going to show up. Right. On the on the blood test. So it's like she's like, whatever it is that you're doing, I'm sure you're fine. Like, so you don't really have to worry about that. So that gave me like a level of like uh, confidence of like, okay, we'll be good for sure. Um, I actually homeschooled my children up until very recently. So this is their first year back in school. So I now I am like, I'm like, I don't know how long it's going to last, though, because it is it is different. Like they love it for sure. Like having that social aspect, being around other little kids and things like that. But um, a lot of the reasons that I wanted to be a homeschool mom are like revealing themselves now that they are in school. So I'm just like, yeah, these were the things that I didn't want. And some of it is that like, you know, kind of like having somebody else in your business, you know, and it's just like, like I said, I know most of the time they are well-meaning, but it's like, you just have them for these hours. Make sure you educate them and do that part. Like I can handle everything else unless I'm asking you about something specifically. Um, And so uh, one of the advice I guess I would give parents is to know that like ultimately these are still, like I was saying before, your children and you are the one who are in control. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times I think schools and even other institutions make us feel like we don't have that control or that power over our children. I'm like, but (laughs) if there's anything in this world that I can say is mine, you know, it is those children, like for sure, for sure. So like, don't let people scare you, punk you, you know? And I think a lot of that, level, I guess, of confidence comes from me because I'm like, oh, I'm an attorney. So, you know, like I'm like, it's very much in my nature to push back and like, you know, argue against the status quo and like, you know, be very firm about what it is that I believe. But definitely 
ultimately that's the stance I feel like everyone um, as mothers should take at the end of the day. You know, I, I love that you said that because I think that sometimes people can have a lack of confidence because they don't have the capacity to articulate themselves mm -hmm. as consumers. And I want to specifically speak to anyone who loves cannabis and you may feel intimidated by systems, by medical systems, et cetera, research and develop your argument to advocate for your wellness. Mm -hmm. I remember when I started consuming cannabis medicinally, it was after I was prescribed medication from a doctor. I chose cannabis as my medicine and I made it clear in all of my doctor's records, et cetera, that it was working. Mm -hmm. I started tracking and documenting the ways in which it worked because when you are in the process of pioneering, destigmatizing and normalizing data backs anything, right? Mm -hmm. And so I love what you said about understanding that they're your children. It's the environment that you've created for them. Mm -hmm. You know what's best. And if you find that you aren't as savvy in that language, et cetera, get your research, get your argument together, keep it in the back of your mind so you have that quick one-liner to let people <laughs> know, like, I'm clear. Mm -hmm. You you may not be clear, <laughs> but I'm clear. Absolutely. So I love that. Do you share, like, would you be open to sharing, like, CBD gummies or things that have no THC with your children? I would. You know, it's funny. I didn't even, I never thought about it, but I think, like, it, nothing has come up in their lives or, you know, our interaction that made me feel like maybe they actually need it yet. But I'm definitely wouldn't be opposed to it at all. Like, because people ask me sometimes too, like, oh, what if your kids, when they get older, they want to, you know, smoke weed? And I'm like, pass it. Yeah. I'm like, why that would I, pass. how could I say no when this is something that I do? Like that, and it makes no sense to me when other parents are that way. I'm like, you did it. Like, why would you tell your children? And I think that's what causes kids to lose respect. Yeah. Like, let's just keep it 100. Exactly. If you did it, you did it. If you don't do it anymore, it's okay. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest. Like, don't vilify me right. for something that you also did. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. And it's because it's society is what makes it bad. Like, yeah. there's nothing bad about it yeah. at all. And that's why, like, now that it's turning and shifting and the narrative is different, it's like, oh, okay, now it's more acceptable. Like, it always was. Exactly. Exactly. So final, final words. What would you tell your children? Give us 10 years, 10 years future. They come to you like, mom, you know, I wanted to tell you this, but I didn't know how you would take it. I've decided to consume cannabis. What would be your response? My response would be years, 15 you know, years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would definitely tell them, like, I'm not sure if you remember, you know, like, but I would definitely was about that life for yeah. sure. And I probably still will be yeah. when they are at that time. So it's like, okay, pass it. Like yeah, you said, facts. let's, let's do it together. Yeah. Like, and then definitely explain to them about like the benefits of it, you know, like, because a lot of times, like I was saying, when I started it, it was just like, you know, a cool kid thing to yeah. do, but not really understanding what it was that I was doing and how it was like helping me in life. And I'm like, quick story. Cause I remember people in college used to say it to me all the time. Cause they would be like, Oh my gosh, she's always smoking, smoking, smoking. But they're like, she literally like smokes and sits down, opens her textbook. And like, she's just Top going to work. Class. Exactly. Killing they're like, it. she's like the smartest person I know, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you might want to smoke you some weed. <laughs> How do you get, I get all this brain power. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not stressing like how everybody else is. Like in law school, it was always like insane. Everybody's always so stressed. I'm like, I'm token right before I go to take an exam, you know, because I'm like, 
I'm focused. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I love it. My first, my nephew's first time uh, consuming, I'll never forget when I tested him. I was like, you know, he kept denying it. I was like, why are you lying? He was like, <laughs> I said, go take this drug test. <laughs> and he's like, you gonna make, I said, go take the test. And when it came back, I was like, so now let's talk about where you getting it from. Mm-hmm. Like, what type is it? Do you realize there are different versions of this? That part. How much money are you spending a week? I wanted to talk about the lifestyle part of it. Like, mm-hmm. let's just not go broke behind it. But if you're going to do it, consume responsibly. Absolutely. I'm big on that. Absolutely. All right, thank you. Absolutely. I know thank that you, you are phenomenal, like, black excellence personified. Thank you. With all of the things. <laughs> so tell us about, you know, tell people how they can find you. Tell them about your law practice. I know that you also represent influencers and brands in this space. So... Mm-hmm. Please allow this platform to celebrate you in this moment. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Holistic Lawyer Mommy. Um, my firm website is Funderberglaw.com. My uh, wellness website is ElevateLegally.com. And yeah. <laughs> and what type of, like, what's your discipline in law? So I do business and entertainment. So trademarks, copyrights, contracts, uh, entity formation. You sue, yeah. They can sue people through you? No, no, I do not go to court. Okay. That is my rule. <laughs> I'm like, listen, most of the time we never have to go to court, though, because we can handle it, you know, settle some things. But if somebody's adamant about, you know, going rogue, I'm like, I'm referring you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are excited to have you. WH Farms has some gifts for you, so you'll definitely get those. And I just want to thank you again for joining our podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. <laughs> so, guys, this is another episode of the Can of Coin podcast with Q Nicole. If you enjoyed this episode, if you know a mom, an auntie, a grandmother, because grandmothers be stressed these days, send this episode to them. Share, like, comment. Um, We're going to make sure that we put LaRae's information in the bio and the link so that you can see it. And you can follow me on Instagram, Q Nicole McNair. You can follow WH Farms Co. if you're interested in launching or expanding your own CBD product line through our white labeling service at WH Farms Co. And we'll see you next time.